0: In the 21st century, the world searches for answers to the questions that really affect our lives. Does anyone know an anagram for gonad dream? To debate the topics that really matter. Star Trek is in a good place right now.
1: Yeah, I can't agree with you on that one.
0: And be brave enough to state the truth. Movies just don't end that way. Three men dare
1: to face what others fear. James. Oh yeah, I, di- I didn't need that image.
0: Jesse. Uh, I was thinking God or dog. Joash. I want Stanley to be the one to wield the Infinity Gauntlet and destroy Thanos. If you hunger for knowledge, if you thirst for wisdom, if you're looking for a podcast that will make all your wildest dreams come true, you've come to the wrong place. You're listening to. The Anti-Matter Hour. Mine was kind of, uh, my first clap didn't make a lot of noise, but I said clap, so it probably spiked. <laughs> Anywho.
1: I wonder if anybody who listens to this podcast wonders about all this clap business we talk about, because <laughs> everything everything after the clap is part of the recording, which includes the discussion over right. the clap. Yeah, it was a... Uh... So, oftentimes, the, we begin these podcasts talking about claps. Well, welcome
0: to Antimatter Hour podcast, everybody, <laughs> where we discuss uh, um, something called a clap, which is not...
1: Yeah, never mind the clap. Uh, what it sounds di- like. Di- disregard.
0: So, anyway, uh, coming at you, and this is a special edition. Unfortunately, uh, it's just going to be myself and James tonight, because... Uh, Joe Ash had a prior commitment, but we'll have him back soon enough. And what is that that special edition podcast today?
1: Well, it's the special Superb Owl edition of the podcast. Oh,
0: the Superb Owl. That's right. It happens every February. And I guess our last podcast, we forgot to make our Superb Owl predictions, but... um, you know I, I did okay I, I predicted a 30 to 27 Tampa Bay victory and Tampa Bay did win
1: so do, do you mean uh, what, what are they calling it Champa Bay
0: oh yeah they do call it that don't they I call it Tampa Bay though because uh, Tom uh, Brady's on the team I think
1: they call it Champa Bay not just because of the football, but also the hockey and... Baseball, baseball. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, baseball. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I watched the game today. It was a pretty... pretty Well, I mean, I got the outcome that I wanted, but I think a lot of people didn't. But,
1: I desired no particular outcome. I mean, I always pick a team at the beginning, but I'm not invested in any way. I didn't place any bets, if that's... Uh, yeah.
0: So I think we, we've probably talked before about our different, uh, maybe on last year's Superb Owl podcast, uh, we probably have spoken about our traditions, but yeah, normally I just get up and prepare kind of a, what I like to call like a smorgasbord of, of uh, meats and snacks and sweets and treats, and um, usually invite folks over and watch the game, but that wasn't uh, possible this year, of course. Um, but uh, we made uh, we made some chicken wings in the instant pot, which I've done a couple of times now. It's I think it makes a pretty good chicken wing. And we made some uh, this morning. Actually, yeah, it was about 10 o'clock this morning. I was making all the food. Um, we made some meatballs, some uh, like pineapple glazed meatballs, and. Uh, my daughter made some nachos and brownies and what else did I have? Uh, oh jalapeno poppers, those were good. Bacon wrapped jalapeno poppers. So I was pretty well equipped for for the game. and uh,
1: yes, and uh, the uh, your household delivery service uh, supplied me with a sampling of, of some of the options. I had some some of the meatballs and the uh, bacon jalapeno poppers. Pretty tasty.
0: Yeah, my daughter um, she got excited uh, about. Well, she like normally likes to have the superb owl party, and um, but since she couldn't, and we had so much food, she wanted to make a plate and bring some over to her grandparents and and to your house. So hopefully that uh, made the uh, I don't know, enhanced your enjoyment of the game
1: well you mean uh, your uh, your uh, super bowl traditions amount to you know something similar to thanksgiving morning whereas my super bowl tradition is to uh, google the names of the teams that are playing uh, right before the game starts <laughs> and um, uh, you know consider which one I, I believe to be the underdog and then and pick that one
0: mm-hmm. to, to root for yeah yeah so, uh, did you happen to have anything to drink, uh, special during the game or just, uh, anything at all, I guess?
1: Well, I mean, I, I only watch, uh, essentially one football game a year, but even I know that, uh, nothing goes with football better than beer. So, yeah, I had, I had several beers. Ooh. Yeah. Um, uh, anything noteworthy? Uh, oh, I, I, I didn't bother to remember, um. I can tell you what I'm drinking now, but... Uh, oh, that's okay. Yeah, what, what I, do you... I, I, didn't, I didn't list what I had before. What are you drinking
0: uh, right now?
1: Right now, I'm enjoying a crispy, clean India pale ale from Brewery 26.
0: Oh, mm, that sounds good.
1: Are they Brewery 26 is located in, in Portland, Oregon, although I don't know exactly where.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. 26 is a the name of, or the number of a... Uh, what do you call it? Um... Uh, I don't know, a significant highway highway in Oregon. It could be named because it's on Highway 26 somewhere in Portland.
1: Um, Yeah, I don't really really think much uh, uh, of Highway 26, except when you're heading towards Mount Hood. Right. But I know that it goes the other direction for a while, too. I just never really think about it in that direction.
0: Yeah, Um, that sounds good. I'm having right now a down with the sun... American Stout Brewed with Oats. Honestly, I don't think I've ever had an oat stout before. Maybe I've had one. Um, this one's from Logston Farmhouse Ales, which is up in the uh, Hood River Valley. Um, mm. And it came to me as a part of a four pack of beers, uh, a couple of other Logston beers from um, Higgins Restaurant, uh, a small and well-respected uh, kind of fine dining establishment in Portland, they were doing a takeout menu for the Super Bowl, and um, a four-pack of their beers was one of the uh, uh, I don't know takeout menu items. So that's what I'm having to. That's what I've been drinking today and uh sounds good yeah I, I need to take a drink of it and know what I think because it's just actually just sitting here in front of me on the desk what ah oh, that's outrageous mm. yeah it's um kind of what I thought the uh it's a nice uh ale you know American kind of uh stout with a kind of that smooth um oats in part like kind of a smooth Mouthfeel and uh, yeah, but you but you can taste the oats or the uh, yeah, a, a little bit. Not, not it's not powerful, but it, it does, it does have something add something to a beer's mouthfeel. That's that's how I normally sort of associate oats, it kind of gives it more of like a almost a silk or a smooth kind of uh, texture. I don't know if I'm describing that correctly, but um. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's how I usually get my day started. I had a beer at about 10.30 this morning was my first beer. Got the TV going, listened to all the uh, kind of talking heads. You know, they just are kind of shouting into the kind of their nonsense. I mean, I'm a sports fan. I, I watch football and um, not to inflate my own, like, understanding of football, but... Most of what the people that are on like TV is are just sort of like shouting words that mean something by themselves but don't necessarily mean something when you string them all together. <laughs> it's it's kind of huh. just like to fill the air, you know.
1: Well, I did catch a glimpse of, of some of that because I started watching around three, which is about a half hour before the game starts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know any of their names, but yeah. I've, bunch of uh people uh uh, the shouting part i kind of you know didn't really notice too much of but they were all talking about their predictions for various uh bets and you know outcomes and and things um um, things that i don't really you know concern myself with too much but uh, i think at least one of them was pretty close to accurate
0: yeah so uh before the game got started uh of course there's the the traditional like, singing of the different songs uh, that are, I don't know if you want to call patriotic or just of our culture. And um, I thought they did a pretty good job of that uh, this year. Uh, There's a country music artist uh, with a more of like an R&B artist. Uh, uh, I forget to note their names because it wasn't uh, uh, anyone I'd heard of. I should have probably... Heard of them, but uh, I, I enjoyed the
1: national anthem. Did you? I didn't get to hear that uh, because the uh, I was watching this on CBS All Access, and um, I don't know if I was on the wrong channel or what, but uh, the Talking Heads were talking over it. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. I think I, I think I needed to. What I needed to do. I had some technical difficulties shortly thereafter, and then I think what I was supposed to do was. Uh, oh, get over to uh, the. Tell the app, well, you know, have it register my location so it could play my local uh, uh, CBS station, which is what I watched. Okay. So the rest of, by, by the time I did that, the the songs were done, the coin toss was done, and I missed the opening
0: play. Yeah, okay. So actually, it was actually uh, Eric Church, a uh, uh, country music artist, and Jasmine Sullivan, uh, and they were uh, quite good. Um, and then a... Um, an artist known as H-E-R or Her. I don't know if it's Her or H-E-R because it's all in caps with, uh, uh, like, their initials, uh, saying America the Beautiful. And uh, But what I actually enjoyed the most about the pregame was the young lady named Amanda Corman, who was at the President Biden's... Oh, the poet... The, the poet right, yeah. Uh, she, po- poet Laureate. Yeah, she did a really really nice it wasn't as lengthy or quite I mean the, what she did at the inauguration was just breathtaking uh, but she did a very nice uh, thing before the Super Bowl also and she did it in that same tempo and same style uh, that almost defies uh, I don't know X ex- uh, description for me at least I don't know if I have the words to sort of describe how she emotes and, um, you know, whether it's like, it's sort of poetry, it's sort of like uh, spoken word performance or something else.
1: Well, it's, I mean, she's she's a poet laureate. Uh, actually, uh, something I confused about, uh, during the inauguration she was introduced as the youth po- poet laureate, right. which I, I wasn't sure if that meant... That she was simply a young poet laureate, like we only uh, she's the poet laureate, she's just you know younger than past ones, or if she's or if youth poet, poet laureate is a, a separate sort of designation. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure about that. I, uh, I'm confused about that. In any case, um, that's I mean, as far as I'm aware, that's basically like the highest level of poet one can hmm. attain, at least in this country. So, uh, all of her works, I'd imagine. Uh, would I mean, just like uh, the, the poet she recited or recited, um, I guess that's the right word anyway. Uh, during the inauguration, I imagine all of her works are uh, you know, uh, on, a, on a very high level, uh, yeah, you know, basically yeah. transcending that that line between just you know, reciting some lines ver, uh, versus like, like you said, sort of like a spoken word, almost uh, you know, treading on like, uh, like a you know, not quite stinging, but you know, just a high level that's hard to describe because, (laughs) because we're not poets, I suppose. Right.
0: Yeah. it, It was really good. And if, uh, um, of course it, uh, much of it touched on, I don't know how football sort of is sort of relates to our culture, but also our sort of broader, uh, what's going on more broad in our lives also. So, um, it was uh, it was really nice. I encourage if anybody hasn't seen or heard that performance uh, or the performance from the inauguration, uh, definitely like get on you pause this podcast. Uh, get on YouTube and uh, watch the videos of Amanda Corman. Uh, it's really good stuff.
1: Also, she's got some uh, books uh, published, I believe. Though uh, I, I'm assuming that it's just better to hear it from from her directly, or uh, you know, rather than reading it in your own head. Yeah,
0: probably. Um, did you say uh, did you do any betting or, or no?
1: Well, I didn't place any bets on teams. I, I placed one bet. The the only bet I uh, I place uh, something that you know doesn't come up until the end of the game.
0: Oh, the color of the Gatorade. Did they show that? I wasn't. I, I flipped over. Um, what's the... Well, if we're gonna talk about that now, then yeah, that's super
1: frustrating because um, you know at, at the end of the game, we'll, we'll talk about you know the other the rest of the game, but at the end of the game, you know, within like uh, I think thirty seconds or so before the game was officially over, you know, I was watching, waiting to see, uh, you know, see the the winning team, uh, the Buccaneers, uh, you know, dump the. You Gatorade over the coach, whose name I don't know, except that he's the oldest. Bruce Bruce Arians. Yeah, he's the oldest uh, Super Bowl-winning coach in NFL history. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least I, heard, I think that's what I heard. Um, anywho, I, I was waiting for them to do that because uh, the only bet I place is just a, I think they called it uh, just a you know prop bet, or if there, I don't mm-hmm. know if there's another term for it. Just a, it's nothing about the game. It's just simply what color of Gatorade are they going to drop on the on the coach. Um, or as uh, Oregon's scorebook app refers to it, um, what what color liquid are they going to dump? Right. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. But anyway, uh, so, so I, uh, I, I've done this for like the last couple of years. Last year, um, I believe the Chiefs won last year's Super Bowl. Was that right?
0: Yes. I think yes, so. Yes, they
1: did. And they dumped uh, orange Gatorade over their coach. Um, I'm pretty sure I didn't bet orange. I can't remember what I did though. This year, uh, uh, I noticed that one of the options was uh, clear slash water. So I thought, hey, you know what? I don't know. Maybe something to do with the pandemic. Uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe they'll just. I, I, I think there's a. I think there's a flavor of Gatorade that's clear. <clears throat> maybe I'll, maybe I'll just go with that one because that technically covers two options. You know, it could be a Gatorade flavor or it could be just water. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no. Um, so, yeah, it was frustrating because uh, on, the, on the feed from CBS, uh, they're, you know, showing the players, and then they, they cut over to the coach, and he's already drenched, and they never bothered showing oh, no. it, so after the game was o- over, I was you know, look, you know, looking in social media and everywhere to see if anyone knew what the color was, and a bunch of people on Twitter were also wondering that same thing, and I imagine a whole lot of other people had placed a bet on that, too. Anyway, it turns out uh, somebody did get a picture of it, and it was blue Gatorade. Oh, no.
0: Blue Gatorade. So lost that bet. What kind of psychopath makes this blue Gatorade? Actually, I wonder, well, I, d- I wonder if they do like a... Uh, how they determine the color of the Gatorade, if it's... Uh, um... Well, actually, I found out a little bit about okay. that. Um, <laughs> apparently, and I, I haven't confirmed this,
1: but I have no reason to believe it's not true... I think this is probably because it's become a source of betting in recent years, but um, apparently there's three, uh, call them buckets or coolers or whatever, of of Gatorade set aside specifically for dumping over the coach, and they all contain a a different random flavor, and uh, apparently uh, there's probably some regulation behind this at this point, but... Uh, at a certain point in the game, uh, somebody just picks one at random and, and dumps it. So nobody really knows in advance what kind huh. it's going to be.
0: I was just wondering, like, I thought like maybe it's sort of how they do things in NBA, like in the Portland trailblazers arena, the players, uh, each time get a, um, each player gets a turn to pick the music during warmups or during, uh, uh different occasions during the game. Uh, so I thought maybe they let the players choose, or maybe alternately, like also in the NBA, uh, a home team can pick which jersey it's going to wear, and then the out- road team has to wear a jersey that will not uh, confuse the cameras or the referees uh, by being too similar. So I, I thought, oh, I wonder if they let one of the teams, whoever's designated as the home team, decide which Gatorade or, you know, but... It'd be funny if, like, the, one of the players like had a way of, you know, knowing which color was in which container and was able to steer the money, you know, a certain direction.
1: Yeah, I'm. I, I'm just guessing that because of all the betting, they actually, uh, for the for the Gatorade color, they actually take some steps to try and protect it. Uh, if if somebody happens to notice what color of Gatorade they're drinking out of those bottles, there's no guarantee that'll be the same color that mm-hmm. that gets dunked on the coach. So right. Um, but apparently, uh, uh, looking at the, uh, the odds, uh, blue was, if anybody had bet on blue, they won quite a bit because it was plus 800 mm-hmm. yeah, was, was the, uh, whatever, whatever that's called the odds. Yeah. Or the,
0: the little f- line or yeah. The money
1: line. So if you happen to bet a uh, hundred dollars, you would have won $800. I think that's how that mm-hmm. works. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's yeah. kind of uncommon.
0: I don't think I've ever seen blue before.
1: Well, uh, apparently, I mean, you can find out the history of this for quite a while back. Apparently, it hasn't been blue for some time. Yeah. So, uh, But the one of the rarest colors is uh, purple flavor. Or,
0: yeah. Interesting. I would have thought purple would be more common, but oh well. Uh, I, I was just curious because I wanted to sort of get our betting, uh, you know, cover our betting aspect. Uh, I had a little bit of money on, um, I played a couple of DraftKings lineups. And actually did pretty well on DraftKings. Uh, um, I uh, invested about $10 in a lineup and won uh, uh, $75 uh, on that. Uh, so I got a pretty mm. decent return there. Um, Not bad. My, uh, the strength of my lineup was having Brady, uh, Gronk, and uh, Leonard Fournette, who all did really well. Uh, I also had uh, Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill, who were okay but not great. Uh, Tyree Kill was below his projections, but he had, you know, a decent number of points. Uh, I had him in my captain spot. Uh, if I would have just flipped Bre- uh, Tyree Kill and uh, Gronk, flipped Gronk into the captain spot, uh, I probably would have made. Closer to double uh, that, I probably would have made closer to one hundred fifty dollars on that ten dollar lineup. But yeah, such is life. It's just one of those whims of you know gambling markets.
1: So did you place any any less practical bets? Oh, like um, for example, uh, I noticed that you could bet like on exact scores. Uh, so did you bet one of those things? That, like. Like like, may for example, like Kansas City like would score zero or something like that. Um,
0: I had a couple of uh, multi-leg sort of parlays that were dependent on certain players getting certain numbers of yardage or touchdowns, and mm. uh, I got real close on one of those. It didn't uh, come through though. It, it was uh, I I bet that uh, uh, Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones, who are the running backs for Tampa Bay would both go over their yardage uh, totals of 65 yards and 55 yards, respectively. And um, Leonard Fournette would score a touchdown. Uh, and that did not occur. The touchdown did not occur, but both the yardage totals did. Um, that was my closest uh, prop. I also had, uh, um, I could, like I said, I predicted the score to be 30 to 27 uh, in favor of Tampa Bay, so I actually picked uh, Tampa Bay to cover the spread because they were underdogs, and um, uh, for the score to go over uh, uh, 56 and a half, uh, which it did neither of those things. Uh, so the only way that I was right in betting on the actual outcome of the game was that was that uh, Tampa Bay won. So.
1: Hmm. Well... Yeah. Well, at least you won something.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, anytime you come out ahead, it's okay. So, uh, did you want to talk at all about the actual gameplay, or, uh, or should we just skip past that altogether?
1: No, we can, we should talk about that. I'm not going to be able to talk about it with any kind of uh, authority since I don't follow sports too much, but. Um, uh I can tell you what you know I can talk about what I
0: observed Yeah, I could just ask what what are your overall what were your overall sort of impressions or takeaways or notice you know what did you notice
1: well I noticed that Kansas City didn't score any touchdowns <laughs> um, and that uh, they got called for holding a heck of a lot uh, it seems like uh, if I was like a, a more diehard uh, Kansas City fan that you know I would have been up in arms shouting at the TV and throwing things uh, Basically, you know, being angry at the refs for uh, making all, uh, a bunch of calls. Even the uh, announcers referred to some of the calls as uh, soft calls yeah. against the, yeah. against the Chiefs. Uh, you know, but it seems like just tons of holding. Um, uh, one of the uh, Chiefs players, uh, Matthew, I think yep. is his name, Tyrone Matthew, uh, also got called. I don't know what they what the common football, but like. In basketball, it'd be like a technical foul. Yeah, because, you know, he like, gave him um,
0: unsportsmanlike conduct. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh,
1: he was just getting a little bit irritated on all the holding calls, I guess. Uh, but, but yeah, um, wasn't a, wasn't a good game. It wasn't. Uh, I mean, I guess maybe the first quarter was okay, but then it really uh, seemed like Kansas City was kind of you know choking the whole time.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, that's a good observation. Uh, there was a lot of penalty calls uh, that went against Kansas City. I think the majority of them were correct calls. Uh, there was one or two, mostly I'd say insignificant uh, calls. There was a holding call that uh, they they failed to make yardage on the play that they needed anyway uh, but it just backed them up 10 yards on a holding call. that was a little bit questionable. Uh, but all the defensive penalties, that's it, when your team gets defensive penalties, say, uh, you know, Tom Brady throws the ball down the field and the receiver doesn't catch it, but your team was penalized because you, you know, interfered with the receiver or held the receiver before the pass cut there, you're just shooting yourself in the foot. I mean, in, unless unless that pass was going to be caught for a touchdown, uh, which most of those looked like they were, you know, kind of airmailed or balls that weren't going to be caught, uh... then you've just given him a free shot and that's that's my observation about the game was that uh... Um, i think tom brady sort of goaded uh, the player the other team kansas city into making some of those penalties he'll get in a situation It's something that comes with being a veteran quarterback and knowing basically he just controlled the game he would get into a situation where he knows he needed to get a first down might have been third down and uh... You know, a seven or eight yard pass would be tightly contested and difficult to, um, you know, difficult to execute, but he would throw a deep one down the sideline and just, you know, tell his receiver, just run out there and get as far out there as, you know, fast as you can. And then, uh, essentially, the defense sort of panicked and would, you know, interfere or hold the receiver because he had maybe one step or half a step on him but the ball was thrown you know pretty deep and he, he's basically just making these throws to, to pick up the penalty and that gives you the first down so i saw that on two or three occasions uh, and it was really uh, he just especially that one on tyron matthew he uh... which resulted in the the unsportsmanlike uh, right before halftime uh, that was just brady being a veteran and, and just basically getting what he wanted.
1: Right. Well, there was um there was one play I, I want to say it was in the third quarter. Um Tampa Bay uh, was, you know, fourth and something pretty close to um you know, um the end zone. Uh but they were doing a field goal, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Th- correct Yeah, correct me if I'm misremembering this, but um and then during the play, Kansas City, you know, the, the defense did, uh, did something. I don't know what happened, but it basically resulted in an automatic mm-hmm. first down. Yes. And so it gave Tampa Bay the chance. And of course they got the touchdown. Right. Yeah. And this was, Oh, right before that though. Uh, yeah. K- Kansas City had shut them down really. I mean, it was really good. They were, they, they got to the ends up, they got to the line. i oh, like, uh, maybe like a, a, on, on second or something like that. And they made a few, uh, Tampa Bay made a few attempts to, you know, run it in and Kansas City shut them down. And that was really right. Nice. Yeah. The fourth, but down. then they made this, uh, and then they made the air, and it got first down again. And then the and then Tampa Bay got the touchdown. I mean, it was basically at that point when the game was, you know, basically, I mean, not not like, it wasn't over, over, but I mean,
0: yeah, yeah, you know, you're exactly it, it,
1: right. It, it basically signaled the end of it, essentially.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right about that. Uh, Kansas City made a fourth down stop at the goal line, uh, and then on, I think it was on the very next possession on that field goal uh, attempt. Uh, what they did is they lined up offsides. Uh, One of the players on Kansas City, one or two of the players on Kansas City. So when you kick a field goal, you have your uh, kickers back behind the line a bit, and then your line sort of forms a little bit of an arc around them. But the center is the one who uh, takes the ball and snaps it uh, uh, from center. And where the ball rests is the line of scrimmage. Uh, Sorry to be describing this in, like... uh, beginner's terms, but uh, just the technical thing is there's a the ball represents right where the line of scrimmage is, it's an imaginary line that goes all the way across and um, uh, players are not allowed to uh, break that line where they line up, Uh, and two, at least one of the players, maybe two of the players on Kansas City lined up uh, too far upfield you know, they want to line up as close as possible to get a run at the, you know, try to block the kick, but uh, two, one or two of them lined up too close uh, and, or too far upfield, and that was the penalty that they acquired. And that's a mistake that you just can't have uh, because it's self-inflicted. Like, it's not, you weren't uh, trying to prevent a touchdown for, from being caught or, you know, uh, you weren't physically engaged. It's just where you managed to put your feet and your, and your hand on the dirt. <laughs> so...
1: Yeah, and from that point on, it just got rough. I mean, you could tell. Um, uh, uh, what's the uh, Kansas City quarterback? Um, oh, Patrick Mahomes. About. Yeah, Pat Mahomes. Mahomes. Yeah, uh, In a lot of the plays, he was he was trying to go deep, you know, and pass it, you know, as far as he could. But in order to do that, he needed time, and so he would, you know, take the uh, get the ball and you know go back like 15, 20 yards or whatever. Yeah. And he got sacked several times, and a couple times he like threw it at just the last possible you know, second and. But he wasn't connecting, so...
0: Yeah, Mahomes is, I mean, just an incredible athlete. He has uh, probably the best arm talent maybe we've ever seen. I mean, he can make throws uh, from incredible angles and uh, off balance and with no... Even with no balance, like sometimes he'll be falling down or or leaping into midair or uh, lunging and still be able to fire a throw down the field, uh, you know, like relatively right on target. But uh, the reason, yeah, he was, you're right, he was making big drops and under constant uh, duress uh, from the Tampa Bay defense. Tampa Bay defense was just really coming after him. And the offensive line, uh, Kansas City lost one of their best offensive linemen uh, earlier in the year. And it really caused them to have to shift some players around to to make up for it. And uh, they were just not... Not up to the uh, challenge, because uh, that that and I think that's really what decided the game. Because Tampa Bay was even, you know, somewhat able to move the ball a little bit on the ground. They had some success with some running. They had some success throwing quick, uh, quick passes to tight end Travis Kelsey. But anytime Mahomes wanted to hold the ball uh, long enough to make a pass down the field, he was just, uh, you know, swarmed under by the defense so uh and that uh,
1: yeah and the, the the commentators weren't uh you know you know being harsh with Mahomes I mean they were basically saying it was it was still impressive what he was doing uh, under the circumstances so uh, I mean the outcome wasn't super great but you know he was doing what he could yeah and
0: uh you also have to give a little bit of credit to Tampa Bay's offense because uh something that I noticed was uh their offense seemed to be moving efficiently and at one time they'd scored like since uh... Kansas City had opened the game with like a field goal and then uh... Tampa Bay took the lead on a touchdown and at one point they'd scored four touchdowns in like five possession their last five possessions or something like that and it was kind of remarkable you know just how effectively it felt like they were just really moving the ball constantly But then every time I would look up, you know, uh, NFL offenses generally, you know, take about two to four minutes to move the ball down the field. That's kind of a, that's just how the offenses work these days with the way they throw a lot and they throw longer plays. Um, But they were chewing up a lot more clock than it felt like. Like I thought, oh, okay, there's going to be plenty of time left for Kansas City. But then I'd look at the clock and uh, Tampa Bay had, you know, taken six minutes off the clock. And that that's that's a crucial strategy to beating a team like uh, Kansas City is uh, holding the ball, chewing up the clock because it just takes up the amount of time that they could be, you know, using the, the ball with their offense. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think it was aggressive coaching from uh, their coach Bruce Arians, um, a good you know game plan, really good execution. I mean, they just looked dominant today.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, what was the final score? Thirty-one to nine, was it?
0: Yeah, yeah. And it felt yeah. like it could have been more. They had a few uh, missed opportunities, and uh, um, a couple times they might have been able to be a little bit more aggressive once the score, you know, was a little higher up. But uh, it was a, you know, you have a lot to look forward to if uh, if you're Tampa Bay and Tom Brady decides to play another season.
1: Now uh we mentioned before that the buccaneers uh, coach uh I, th- I think this is right is the the oldest S- super bowl winning coach in the franchise um is tom brady the oldest quarterback? Oh, five
0: mile yeah uh, uh okay cuz i know he's he's in his 40s yeah he's, i think he's 43 uh he a number of years ago he announced his intention to play until he was 45 and uh um that was like uh You know, uh, let's say he was sitting around with his friends and coaches and they were all drinking beers and he just dropped that little piece of knowledge and then everybody uh, drinking their beer, like, had their beer spit out their nose because of how absurd that is. (laughs) Like, uh, (laughs) quarterbacks, uh, NFL players, and particularly quarterbacks, just don't play uh, that long. Like, uh, most, even like the elite, the best quarterbacks ever, uh, have maybe played uh, into their late thirties to uh, for age forty or forty one, uh, um, and uh, but not at a Super Bowl winning level. Uh, uh, Brady by a mile is I don't know. They just say the goat. Uh, I mean, seven Super Bowl victories, ten appear, uh, eleven appearances now. I think.
1: No, I think this was his oh, tent tenth. They said. Okay. And apparently he, uh, I don't know his full history, but um, he made it to the Super Bowl a few times earlier in his career. And then there was like a span of time of like 15 years or so where he had none, something like that. And then uh, with the Patriots, he had like three or four in a row, something. I don't know. But, yeah, ten appearances, seven wins. Um, that's a lot.
0: I mean, sounds like a lot. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. The first two Super Bowls were his rookie year, where he replaced uh, uh, Drew Bledsoe, uh, who became injured uh, in the season, uh, and he took them to the Super Bowl and won that year. Um, that was Super Bowl thirty-six. Uh, uh, they also won Super Bowl thirty-eight, um, Super Bowl thirty-nine uh Super Bowl 49 yeah uh 51 oh, so 10 yeah 15, and... 51
1: 53 and 55 <laughs> so so he went in his rookie year his first year playing in the NFL he, he took his team to the Super Bowl yeah. Mm-hmm. so yeah i mean i don't know what his plans are but uh he should really consider uh i mean i don't i don't think he's planning to stop just yet but uh, if if he wins another Super Bowl, he should probably consider stopping, so he could bookend his career with Super Bowl wins.
0: Yeah, there's a funny. Um, I don't have it in front of me right now, uh, but anyone who's listening or you can uh, Google uh, an image of uh, Tom Brady next to uh, quarterback legend G- George Blanda, uh, who uh, was also an elder statesman quarterback, <laughs> and it shows them side by side, and it, it just like shows you like the difference between, uh, I don't know, the 1970s and uh, currently what uh, sort of a 43-year-old male uh, uh, who's been playing football for 20-plus years, looks like. And what it leads you to believe is Tom Brady has taken really good care of himself, and it's uh, maybe he's just a genetic marvel, but um, uh, he doesn't look... Uh, move or play like a forty-three-year-old. Uh, um, it's uh, really something.
1: <laughs> T- taking a few uh, fewer hits to the head and and whatnot. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, oh, hmm. yeah, oldest players to throw a touchdown pass in NFL postseason history. It's a, it's a photo of NFL uh, legend George Blanda. Uh, in 1970 AFC Championship game, um, who was 43 years, 108 days. Uh, and Brady, who's, as of the when this graphic was made, which is a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, was 43 years, 159 days.
1: <laughs> well, I guess he's going to plan to exceed that, because uh, I think I read somewhere where he's going to he plans to be with the Buccaneers to defend their win this year. Yeah, I think he's. Uh, I mean,
0: like I said, he, he mentioned before wanting to play till he's 45, so that would be two more seasons, it looks like. So, um, anyway, uh, well,
1: we'll see how it goes.
0: Did you. Uh, so that was, uh, yeah, that was kind of covered my thoughts on the game itself. Did you see the fan run onto the field?
1: Yeah, that's another time in which CBS cut away. <laughs> I mean,. Um, I saw the, saw the fan run out, and then uh, for like a few seconds, then CBS cut away and never mentioned it again. Yeah. So I don't know what happened
0: yeah. with that. I know. I wish they would show that. That's such great entertainment. I mean, uh, it used to be that a player would, and even recently I think a player has just tackled the guy. Like, you know, but I think with maybe with uh, given the sort of COVID sort of thing going on, uh, maybe they wouldn't want to do that, but <laughs> leave it up to security. <laughs>
1: Well, that was in, I can't remember, was that in the third
0: or fourth quarter? I think it might have been the third. No, I think it might have been the fourth quarter. I can't remember either. But
1: It, it was fairly late, and I think at, at the time, the uh, the Buccaneers just had their, their, their minds on the after party, and the Chiefs were just tired and done, and nobody really wanted to bother tackling them. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. uh, should we move on to the halftime show? Did you have any... Uh... About well, weekend. I watched
1: it. Uh, I mean, I thought it was good. It was the it was the weekend.
0: Yes. Um.
1: And I, uh, I'm trying to think about past halftime shows. I mean, lately it seems like you don't get just one performer. You usually get like well, oh, yeah, two multiple. or a handful yeah. or something. But in this case, it was just the weekend. Um. I mean, of course, there was a bunch of uh, support dancers, backup dancers, whatever they're called. But the only singer was him. Um, going through all of his, his hits, I think I I don't know the names of them, but I recognized all the songs he was singing. Although I think CBS had some audio thing issues because uh, his voice was a bit quiet compared to the uh, the music.
0: But yeah, I, I heard a case, lot of uh, social media uh, comments about the audio not coming through very well. But
1: anyway, in any case, I thought it was fine. I mean no notable elements in my mind. Um, no controversial elements.
0: Uh, I'm a pretty big, uh, I mean, I'm not a pretty big fan in the terms that I've like been to a concert or I know, uh, biographical details, but I do really like the music, uh, that the weekend, uh, uh, produces. And, uh, I've listened to, I have a lot of playlists. that include a lot of his music, uh, especially for my, um, Days when I was Uber driving, I'd do a lot of his songs, uh, my uh, driving playlists, and, and channels that I would stream. So uh, I, I actually did enjoy the show quite a bit. Also, uh, um, you know, I had, like I said, on social media, there was a lot of people criticizing the sort of, I don't know if it was the audio or or the voice itself. They were calling it flat or something. I guess. Um, I'm not a music credit so I don't know you know what that all means but it sounded good to me and I just think like as far as super bowl halftime shows go they're not taken into a studio and then uh sort of you know edited and produced their their live performances so you're not going to get like studio quality music and that's always been the case and it probably always will be the case so I just uh, I enjoyed it. I actually really liked the first part where uh, it was on the screen. I think, but they had like all these neon lights. That, uh, I kind of liked the neon light uh, effect, and um, and I also uh, maybe I might be out to left field on this, but it felt to me like he was almost sort of channeling Michael Jackson's performance at the Super Bowl. Uh,
1: Well, some of his uh, moves uh, remind me of Michael Jackson a little bit.
0: Yeah, he to me he very much physically, whether intentionally so or just coincidentally, uh, he very much physically resembled Michael Jackson uh, in his sort of costume and and dance moves, and it was uh, I just felt it to be a good performance. Like I enjoyed it more than. Probably most of the performances. I I really liked the Katy Perry one where she rode the lion, um, but
1: oh, that was the performance <laughs> with a uh, with the left shark. Right.
0: Yeah. But other than that, uh, this was probably my favorite performance out of the past maybe ten seasons, ten Super Bowls, probably. So. Uh...
1: Yeah. Nothing. Uh, I don't remember seeing anything that was meme worthy, um, if that's a thing. Um, I mean, nothing like. No, like backup dancers that were doing weird things or whatever. But speaking of Michael Jackson, I, th- I mean, if this, if his performance, if if the weekend's performance wasn't at least slightly inspired by, or an homage to, or something, then it's a coincidence. Um, because uh, I don't know if you if you saw Michael Jackson's halftime show. Whenever that was, was that in the, 90, the 90s?
0: 1993.
1: Uh If you recall, during that show, Michael Jackson started off. Uh, doing this thing, you know, at the top of the whatever stadium that was, right? Um, you know, yeah. he, he he appeared with fireworks at one part of the stadium in the uh, in the upper part of it, and then he did a thing, and there were some fireworks, and he disappeared, and then he appeared on the other side of the stadium. Blah blah mm-hmm. blah. He did that a few times, and then fireworks, and then bam! Now he's down on the stage. Well, actually, you no. Know, he he gets shot up from underneath the stage, and he lands there, and then the crowd cheers. Uh, but the weekend during his performance tonight, uh, he didn't do anything like quite like that but he did he was in that car like up, up above mm-hmm. that might have been on a screen i can't quite tell I think it, I um, think but it anyway was. he started up uh, started off up there and then the, when the, the the choir started you know singing and then the bandstand parted and then he was down there so the, I mean, he's, that's another similarity to michael jackson's performance
0: yeah
1: but it, it might have been unintentional i don't know
0: but in any event it was it was uh, i thought it was fun and uh um uh, so uh, yeah I guess that covers just about everything that was uh, uh, production uh, game production uh, pre-game production halftime production uh, do you want to talk about any commercials or did you have any favorite commercials or anything like that
1: right so just in case um, if anyone's not aware uh some uh, one of the big things about the Super Bowl has nothing to do with the game it's the commercials that are played in between all the all the plays and, and whatnot. Um, yeah I think it was five every, and a half
0: million dollars for uh, 30... I can't remember the cost uh, sorry go ahead.
1: But yeah yeah uh, Super Bowl commercials are basically the most expensive commercials ever um, because y- you get the most viewers. And it's usually a thing that uh, anybody bothering to spend the money to do a commercial is going to make it noteworthy, or at least try to. And I think uh, there were a few of those this year. Um, a few ones that I liked and a few ones that I thought were a bit cringy. Um,
0: yeah, I should have I should have made notes about the ones that I didn't uh, care for that much because uh, there was a, several, uh, but I can't think of any off the top of my head. I, I did, however, just double-check... Uh, According to, I think it's Forbes uh, reporting that, uh, yeah, a 30-second spot, which there's quite a few of them, uh, goes for $5.5 million uh, this year. Um, I remember it was just well, one of the- in our lifetimes when the price first went over like $1 million. Uh, that was... Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, back in the uh, 80s, or early 90s, it was probably something like that. Um, I don't remember... Uh, I I
0: don't know. So Um, um, did you find any of the commercials particularly funny, or was there one that uh, you remembered? uh, um...
1: Yes, uh, but uh, before the funny ones, uh, just one thing I I thought was worth mentioning, uh, a a lot of the commercials, I don't know about most, but if I had to guess, I'd say most. The most common type of commercial you'd see during the Super Bowl would be a, a beer commercial. Oh, yeah. If it's not that, it's got to be a car commercial. But anyway, um, one of the big uh, headlines before the Super Bowl was that Budweiser wasn't going to do their traditional beer commercial during the Super Bowl. They usually do a big one involving Clydesdale horses and and things. Uh, I thought that was funny because I don't know uh, exactly how the companies are connected, but even though Budweiser technically didn't have a commercial during the Super Bowl, uh, Anheuser-Busch and related... companies like Bud Light, they sure as heck did. So, yeah, yeah, no lack of beer Yeah, there was a lot of,
0: I noticed the Michelob Ultra. They've been, uh, Michelob Ultra has really been hammering uh, the advertising the past few years. Uh, The other thing, one other theme that I saw a lot in commercials this year, and I actually really enjoyed, uh, and um, it really connected with me, was uh, they're using a lot of commercials to do, I don't know, this is the Anti Matter Hour, but uh, they're doing social commentary uh, to make statements about things like, uh, um, you know, like racism, uh, the pandemic, uh, uh, you know, who are our heroes. Uh, and then there was a couple of features, uh, a couple of bits, I think they might have been NFL sponsored bits, but uh, featuring uh, NFL coach. Uh, uh, Legendary NFL coach, long since uh, passed away, so they did like a digital thing. But uh, Vince Lombardi—oh, is
1: that the guy in the tan? Yes, the trench coat. coat? Vince
0: Lombardi. Oh, he's just an amazing. uh, I don't know if you want to call him inspirational or motivational figure or whatever, but he's just known as maybe the most uh, just uh, the greatest, maybe leader or or inspirational coach. Uh, You know, he he got the most out of of his talent. Uh, um, And he's just a legendary figure. There's some great documentaries uh, uh, done on Vince Lombardi, but the pieces they did with Vince Lombardi, I thought were just excellent.
1: One of the ads they showed, it really looked like they uh, made, I, I don't know if it was a hologram or what, but you're right. It was a digital version of him speaking um it was a bit weird
0: looking yeah i i agree the look uh wasn't definitely wasn't quite on point but uh i guess just my emotional connection to uh sort of leadership qualities uh sort of took me i guess (laughs) but the messages i heard was there was a lot of messages about like it takes all of us or uh, take care of each other or you know be good to each you know things like that that really connected with me Well,
1: there's always a handful of commercials in any super bowl i mean as, as far as i'm aware that go the poignant route you know the you know the, the, uh, the uh, one of the ones from this year was jeep yep. um they did, they did a commercial where there was this guy driving an old jeep Uh, to a church in the geographic center of the country. Uh, And it was talking about what what you were just saying, Jesse, you know, togetherness and, and whatnot. And there weren't any logos There weren't any like gratuitous just shots of the Jeep. It again, it was just an old Jeep. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I I suspected it was a Jeep commercial just because the only thing in, uh, in the, in the, in the commercial was a church and this, this guy in a cowboy hat and, Whatnot. So I figured you know it was probably that. And then yes, indeed, at the end, you know, it, it just said jeep dot com slash whatever. Together, yeah, was. something like that. Yeah. For together. Which I mean, forward. it's a tasteful commercial. Yeah. It's it's a tasteful commercial. I mean, but uh, yeah, jeep ultimately. Jeep is
0: known for. Um, I think they've done that for a few years now. Uh, at least the last like three or four, maybe five years. A few, a few years back, they did one where. Um, Boy, I don't want to misspeak here. Uh, the old radio uh, voice uh, who used to do, uh, um, not on public radio, but on like talk radio, uh, Paul Harvey, uh, he would give the rest of the story, which is, I don't know what you describe him as, but maybe almost like a folk radio, like he would do s- stories uh, that were heartwarming or touching. Uh, um, and Jeep used his voice in one of their ads a few years ago. And, uh, yeah, apparently it was it must have been after he passed away because he passed away in 2009. Uh, or 2000, yeah, 2009. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think Jeep's good at their commercials. Uh, that's always one of my top commercials as far as, uh, uh, like you said, the poignant and sort of connect to your emotion kind of ones.
1: On the other end of the spectrum, though, would be a General Motors commercial, which I thought was, you know, this was funny. I thought it was funny. Uh, it was Will Ferrell. You remember yeah, that?
0: yeah. Will Ferrell was funny. Uh, he, he wanted to promote the EVs that, that are coming up. So uh, uh, he was saying that, uh, was it Norway that was ahead of us in EVs? Uh,
1: yeah, uh, yeah. Norway has, uh, I, I don't know what, what he claimed in the commercial, but Norway is basically committing to like 100% EV or something right. like that. But then it's, anyway, and Will Ferrell got angry and, like, punched a globe and it got stuck in his yeah. hand th- throughout the entire commercial. And he, and he's all like, uh, you know, he's going to, like, go to Norway, and I don't know what he was planning to do when he got there. But um, before he goes there, he uh, recruits uh, Keenan Thompson from Saturday Night yeah. Live, who's dressed as a pirate. Uh, he claims that it was uh, his, his kid's birthday, but Will Ferrell didn't care. He, he, just, he just said, you know, get in your car, let's, let's go to Norway. Mm-hmm and then he, he met up with aquafina yeah. who was uh, for some reason shooting uh, shooting arrows and will farrell caught a couple of them while he was talking in to his her his mouth yeah <laughs> and then uh, will farrell just uh, he, he he packs himself up in a shipping container oh no he well he gets into a general motors con- uh, a concept car you know there was a disclaimer saying car may not actually exist um packs himself up in a shipping container and ships himself uh, to what he thinks is norway and he gets there, and and Keenan Aquafina aren't there. Keenan and Aquafina aren't there. And he and he calls them up. He's like, "Where are you?" And he's like, "Well, we're in we're in Sweden. Where are you?" And, no, it's Norway. We're supposed to be in Norway. <laughs> and then uh, this passerby, you know, comes by, by and says something like, uh, no, this is Finland." Yeah. And then that's basically when the commercial. They all went because... to the wrong
0: place. Everybody went to the
1: wrong
0: place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think it was a little bit of might have been a little bit of a play on his. Uh... Role in that movie uh, because that town looked a lot like the town where he was from in the movie uh, uh, Eurovision or whatever. Uh, I don't know if that was meant to be a connection or not, but uh, yeah, when
1: he, when he got there, he said, "Wow, this is charming." But uh, now he, apparently he was in Finland. There
0: was also a, a Cadillac commercial. Cadillac's another General Motors brand that uh, featured Edgar Scissorhands. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that one.
1: Oh, right. And and it had, um, what's her name? Who was in Edward Scissorhands. uh, Oh yeah. What is her name? The actress. Um, oh heck. I should should have looked this up. Edward, uh. I'll I'll, I'll look it up now. Yeah.
0: So, uh, the Edgar Scissorhands, who's not, not Edward Scissorhands, uh, was, uh, going through life uh, with the trouble of everything he touches. Winona Ryder. Oh, right. Yeah, of course it's Winona Everything Rider. being dis- she, yeah, destroyed or uh, uh, not being able to do normal things with his hands. And then, of course, uh, apparently the Cadillac, uh, new upcoming Cadillac has everything that's uh, done automated or something because you don't have to have hands to operate the car. <laughs> so yeah,
1: It's a bit misleading because it isn't, necessarily car technology that's preventing cars from self-driving it's more like illegal matters right. um but they didn't want to make a commercial about that um
0: a couple other ones that, what are some other fun uh, i like the alaska safety dance Did you see that one the alaska airlines
1: yes although uh depending on where you look that's on the list of uh crazy, oh i, uh, I
0: was uh, it had me laughing because of the safety dance uh um uh, uh the other one um that i liked uh uh the cheetos commercial with ashton kutcher and mila kunis was kind of funny to me a little bit
1: oh yeah that's at the top of my list i was going to mention that one for uh cringy oh, okay.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> it was definitely cringy
1: well, I, mean, I didn't say it was bad it's just like uh Ashton um what's the song oh uh they were singing it wasn't me by Shaggy. yeah it was me. yeah yeah and, and M- mila kunis is eating cheetos and she had she had cheeto she was, dust like, all over, over her face <laughs> Did yeah? Did you eat my Cheetos? And she's like, and Shaggy's just sitting right there and tells tells Mila Kunis to say, uh, you know, tell, tell him it wasn't me. Yeah. And so, and so Ashton Kutcher you know starts singing. Um, but that's the cringy part. Yeah, it but, was um, kind of it was. You're right.
0: It's kind of dumb, but it was it was also
1: kind of funny. <laughs> there was the Uber Eats commercial with you know featuring Wayne's
0: World. Oh yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, um, Wayne's World and Cardi B was also. Yeah, there. that was uh, eat local. Yeah, I mean. Uh, I guess Uber's trying to be a a responsible, what do you call it, like social conscious kind of company, uh, even though that's not really what their image is, I guess, but
1: yeah. Well, there was also a Postmates commercial with the same message, Mm -hmm. uh, which is owned by Uber. Right, Uber
0: bought Postmates, so that's convenient. Um, The Fiverr commercial, did you see the Fiverr commercial?
1: Yeah, the uh, the playoff of a uh, yeah sort of that's
0: <laughs> I, that might be to me it might be the funniest one because it's I sort of didn't it took it took me a second and then I sort of knew then I got what they were doing and it was just pretty funny <laughs> uh, the person was like uh, this is not a hotel <laughs> it's a landscaping place.
1: Uh, Right, I I like the yeah that one was good. Um, Earlier on, there was a commercial for Tide, I believe it was, with this uh, kid with a hoodie featuring uh, the face of Jason Alexander.
0: (laughs) I think I might have missed that one.
1: Yeah, it was a bit weird because he had this hoodie and it had the 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 the, it was like the whole thing was Jason Alexander's face uh, with with an expression on it, and uh, you know it's a Tide commercial, so of course the hoodie has to get dirty and as it goes through various scenarios this, this kid's a student and he's in school and it's the, like the hoodie's on the floor and <laughs> like jason the, the, his the, the face will change you know depending on what's happening like some gum drops on it and jason's uh, uh, face is all like like squinting or oh, something geez. like that all, all, but then uh, do you remember that Seinfeld episode uh jason alexander was in Seinfeld mm-hmm. and he's recording a um a, a voicemail message to the tune from the greatest american hero you remember that episode?
0: Um, I might have to rewatch that one, but uh, it's, no, I don't, I don't recall off the of my head.
1: It, you know, it's like, uh, you know, believe it or not, I'm, uh, I, I, I yeah. don't know the words, I'm walking on air yeah. or something like yeah. that. Anyway, that's, that song is playing during this. Oh, right. Kind of thing, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then at one point, uh, of course, Jason Alexander shows up and he's like, you can't use my face on, on a hoodie. Stop using my face. And that's, <laughs> but I thought it was good.
0: Uh, there were some commercials about uh, upcoming shows and movies, and uh, uh, oh, well, hang on. Uh, did he, was, did you see the Verizon commercial where Sam Jackson was like a video game uh, figure? It looked like.
1: Yeah, I saw that one. Um, and it sort of recreated uh, what happened in Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. Uh, he got he got swallowed by a fish. Yeah, that was alright. Uh, there was. Oh, did you see the one from Amazon? About the, the perfect vessel for Alexa?
0: Uh, no, how did I Amazon's commercial?
1: No. Uh, in this one, um, there's a, a female, um, a woman. Uh, uh, I, I'm guessing she's an engineer because she's admiring the, the the design of the new Amazon Echo. It's a sphere, and she just you know she, she refers to it as the perfect vessel. But then she starts thinking about. I can't imagine another perfect vessel, and she, she's looking out the window, and there's this uh, like bus that drives by with Michael B. Jordan's face on, uh-huh. it. and then she starts daydreaming, uh, and you know, you know ha- having Michael B. Jordan be the vessel for Alexa, mm. and, and so Michael Michael B. Jordan is in her house, and she's asking him like, you know, what the weather is, and and, and things like that. Except it's getting a little bit sensual. <laughs> Meanwhile, meanwhile, her husband is like, No, Alexa, don't do that. Stop that. Because <laughs> he's getting jealous of Michael B. <laughs> Jordan. Uh, and the, and the, one of the last scenes, uh, Alexa, in, in the form of Michael B. Jordan, is in the bathtub with her. Uh, anyway, it's, I thought it was funny. Interesting. Yep. Uh,
0: then...
1: But you were talking oh. about uh, upcoming shows. There was a, a trailer for. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah,
0: yeah, that one's exciting. Uh, my daughter's excited to watch that one. She's uh, the second leading Marvel fan in the house right now. Maybe the maybe the number one leading Marvel fan in the house. She watches so many Marvel movies. Uh, I, she's not in on uh, uh, the current Marvel show that we're watching. That I don't think we're going to talk about today. Uh, but
1: uh, well, that's uh, that's weird because it's sort of the kickoff of Phase Four. If they're even doing phases anymore. Yeah. We can get into that in a future episode. Yeah,
0: uh, coming to America preview for the movie, uh, the reboot of Coming to America. That was. Uh,
1: oh yeah, it's not a reboot. It's a. Sequel. Oh, it's a
0: sequel. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, that uh, that looks like it's going to be really funny. Uh, I, I hope so. At least I really love the first Coming to America. It'd be interesting. It Seems
1: like it has the the full cast. I mean, I saw Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall. James yeah, Joel I Jones. did. I saw
0: James Earl Jones too. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they. Uh, modernize it for like you know modern day kind of social uh uh trends uh which which it needs probably to be modernized somewhat but uh uh i'm looking forward to that Well, i
1: think i mean i know the first one um the first coming to america it was uh not a not a spoof but um parody i guess anyway yeah. Uh, it, uh a lot of the characters were like super sexist and whatever but that was kind of like part of the humor yeah. uh I, i'm guessing if that if that persists they'll sort of turn that on its head and um have all the sexist people you know learn their lessons or something probably uh um
0: yeah they re- um cbs really hammered the equalizer uh, really hard uh, that was on almost every uh commercial break it seemed like
1: yeah, that was interesting to me. Uh, have you seen the the two Equalizer movies no, with Denzel? No, but
0: my wife was telling me about this on the way home the other day. Uh, that uh, Queen Latifah is going to play the Equalizer character, and I've heard you talk about the Equalizer movies before. So uh, it's an interesting concept, I'll say.
1: Well, I'm not. A, uh, I don't think I've seen the second Equalizer, but I saw the first one and. Oh, shoot, it's been a little while. From my memory, um, Denzel Washington plays a character that was in some of like, special ops sort of team. uh, Was, uh, he's, like, retired or something. And so he's got, like, he's sort of like, you know, Liam Neeson in the the fact that he's got some special skills, that type of thing. I think he also might be... I can't remember if this is true, but I think his character might be, like, I don't know, slightly, like, autistic or something. Like, uh, he's, like, obsessed over, like... Counting things, like timing things, that sort of uh-huh. thing. I can't remember if anyway. I, I might be wrong about that, so I apologize if I am. But so uh, apparently, yeah. Apparently, Queen Latifah is going to take on that that sort of role, sort of the. Uh, uh, I mean, I assume it'll be something similar. Former special ops type character. Yeah. Uh, she seemed like a you know, you know, like like a badass in the trailers. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, busting into rooms and beating people up that sort of thing. Yeah.
0: So um, that's interesting. Like I said, CBS really, really promoted that hard. And I don't know. I don't watch a lot of shows on CBS. I, I hope it succeeds. Uh, it seems like an interesting uh, concept and show, you know, like a potentially good show. So. Uh,
1: well, CBS, um, if you base it off of, what we saw during the Super Bowl. Uh, in, in addition to that, there was uh, some other shows that were based off of the FBI. Uh, there was a. Uh, they're making a show uh, based off of The Silence of the Lambs mm-hmm. Clarice, called Clarice. Yeah. So it seems to me, and th- this is how I remember the old CBS back before streaming services. It seems to me that their primary focus is on crime shows. Yeah,
0: prestige drama and crime. Yeah.
1: I mean, I mean, now it's uh, they have all the Star Trek too, so it's Star Trek and crime. And uh, they also have, it's also the home of a lot of reality shows like Survivor.
0: Yeah. Survivor. I don't know if they still do Big Brother or not, but that was one of them. Um, So the other thing that I got a lot of, uh, and I'm sure everybody else saw too, was Paramount+. Plus. Uh, The ads themselves, I was pretty fascinated by. They were bringing together uh, many of their characters from many of their different Paramount uh, properties and, Promoting apparently the launching of a new streaming service. Um, did you have any?
1: Well, Paramount. Um, how would you describe Paramount? I mean, they they were a movie studio, but I think they're bigger than that now. But
0: yeah, I think Paramount owns either CBS owns Paramount or Paramount owns CBS, or they have a strategic partnership. I'm not exactly positive about that.
1: Um, but but they've always. I mean. Wait, wait, did Paramount do oh, okay. shows like I Love Lucy and So,
0: and Paramount's a subsidiary of Viacom CBS, so Viacom owns uh, CBS and owns Paramount, so they're kind of sister companies, I guess you would say.
1: Well, that's true now, but uh, it, it, when P- Paramount was, you know, decades ago, Paramount was its own thing, mm-hmm. uh, a movie-slash-TV studio, but yeah, they've got, they got bought out a while back. Um... But yeah, uh, to, to it seems like the trend these days, uh, if you're going to have a streaming service, is to name it after your uh, most you know prominent company, and add plus at the end of it. So, um, CBS All Access will become Paramount Plus in March.
0: Yeah, and does with that does that come? So does that come with new proper like movie properties and different things than than CBS currently has? I guess.
1: I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if they're merging with somebody else. I don't think I so. I guess we'll because have to talk about that. There, uh, there's, a, there's a bunch of new services forming right now. Discovery Plus is somewhat new. Yeah. Uh, the former Discovery Channel, I think, basically. It, it's a bunch of nature shows, and I don't know what else they've got. Um,
0: yeah. Um, we'll have to find out more about Paramount Plus uh, because uh, – um, Currently, there's too many streaming services for me, and if it's, uh, you know, I need to reduce the number of streaming services I have. Uh, CBS would seem to be one that's on the chopping block, but um, if it uh, turns out that with the launch of Paramount Plus or the merger to Paramount Plus or whatever you want to call it, that it's a superior network to something else that I have, then maybe I would keep it and drop something else. So, who knows?
1: Well, um, I don't know if we want to get too into this, but on the same topic, I don't know if you're aware, but IMDb, um, I, maybe it's called IMDb Plus, uh-huh. I'm guessing, is, is a thing that's happening. Um, uh, but it's owned by Amazon, which, strangely enough, which has their own service, you know, Amazon huh. Prime Video. So that weird. I'm confused about what's happening there and why they're two separate things. Yeah, I've, I've watched... Uh, apparently, IMDb... IMDb, uh, whatever it is called, is currently free. I don't think you can, you can pay for right. it. but
0: That's um, correct, because I've watched a few uh, things on their channel on Amazon.
1: But something about that's got to change, because why would Amazon want to have two separate things like that? That's what
0: Yeah, you, know. you never know. It might just be like a branding thing, or who knows. Maybe the, later on they may want to just spin it off into a subscription service, depending on how the industry's going. So, but, uh, Yeah, so... I guess that uh you know, do you have anything else uh, about the Super Bowl? Uh superbowl. The super bowl. <laughs> the super superbowl. Uh, super no, superb owl. Where I don't know why you were going into the gutter there, Jamie.
1: <laughs> going into it? When did I ever leave it? Yeah. Anything else um, about the super
0: bowl? <laughs> Um
1: nope. Uh oh, except that um Their logo is confusing because this was uh, Super Super Bowl 55, which in Roman numerals is LV. uh, And then they slapped a giant Lombardi trophy in the middle of the L. Oh, yeah. Looked kind of like an I. Right. Was it LV? Was it LIV? Uh, Right. Well, hopefully they'll do better next year.
0: I can only hope. And
1: with that... Apparently, they already know where it's going to take place next year. They said it was going to be in LA. Oh, yeah. They
0: plan those things out uh, years in advance. Uh, um, The Super Bowl site is picked out usually, I think, at least four or five years in advance. Yeah. Okay. Because it takes a lot of time to, Hmm. I guess, make the arrangements and things. So, But... You know, that's
1: not too far from us. Maybe we can uh, get ourselves down there next year. uh, Oh, yeah.
0: That'd be fun. Yeah. Maybe,
1: uh, I mean, getting tickets is almost impossible, but hang out uh, at a, uh, get a hotel,
0: hang out at a local, uh, uh sporting uh, establishment or gaming establishment or something. So,
1: yeah, and if, if, uh, well, if presumably there won't be any Californian teams, although there, I guess there could be playing. Um, I don't know how that works, but whatever
0: uh yeah yeah that's related. that was actually interesting mentioning now that you mentioned if there could be california teams uh beat next year because uh i think this was the first super bowl ever to have a home team play in their own stadium uh which usually people make a really big deal about uh throughout the season like oh you know if it's in dallas will the cowboys be able to have a good season and make it to the super bowl you know and it never happens and this year uh it happened and i didn't really hear anybody you know sort of talking about it <laughs>
1: It might have been a little bit different if the um, if the stands had been filled with people, uh, as as it was, there was like ten uh, percent filled or some low number.
0: True. Yeah, it was a little more than ten, but uh, yeah, it was a capacity. So um, anyway, yeah, that was uh, that was engaging and fun, and I hope people uh, enjoyed listening. So with that. Um, well, we're done. Go Raiders, boom. <laughs> <laughs>